Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, Episode 8, Working Virtually While Homeschooling. I'm Stephanie Menefee, and today we're joined by Dr. Jennifer Biddle, Professor and Program Lead of our Criminal Justice Program here at North Central University. Dr. Biddle, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us about this incredibly important piece of working virtually for many of us right now. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. So I have to say, I have one child, she's in preschool, and it's been about all I can handle to making sure that she's adequately prepared for kindergarten next year, my own work schedule, and making sure our house stays habitable. And you do it with three. So uh, we have a lot to pack in. So let's get right to it. Um, First, can you tell us a little bit about your children, how old they are, what kind of school schedule they're keeping? Sure. So I, as you said, I have three children. Um, so my oldest, Abby, is 15, and she is a freshman in high school. Um, and then I have a middle schooler who, his name is Andrew, and he is 12, um, and he is in the sixth grade. And then I also have my youngest is Ella, and she is 10, and she is in the fourth grade. Um, so I would say for Abby, my oldest, Um, she's averaging about maybe about two to four hours a day. It really depends on the day of the schooling um, that she received, the instruction that she receives from the school. Um, You know, like yesterday, she had an art project that took her, you know, just the art project alone took her about an hour and a half. So, you know, there's a lot of variation. For my younger two, I would say that they are typically about two hours a day. So that'll be the two hours where they're provided instruction from the school. Oh, wow. That's that's interesting. Um, so how do you maintain a balance between their schedule and yours? Like, can you walk us through a typical day for all of you? Sure. Yeah. So um, I would have to say in the beginning, days weren't very typical. Um, now we're t- kind of getting into a routine. Um, I've also changed my routine. So typically now um, I will get up probably around like 530 Um, and start work at six. So I find that I can get like a couple hours of kind of, you know, uninterrupted time. Um, I usually get them up around eight o'clock. So they have about an hour to get up, get going, to make their beds, you know, get ready for the day, uh, eat breakfast. And then by nine o'clock, 9am, they're starting um, their school because they also, each of them have Zoom meetings throughout the day. Um, so, so, you know, my little one has a Zoom meeting at 10. Um, you know, sometimes my son has a Zoom meeting at 11. Um, so they will typically work. It's pretty quiet until about noon. Um, the little guys are fin- usually finishing up around noon. Um, and then we'll, we'll all go, we'll have lunch. Um, and then after lunch, um, typically they're outside. So my little one plays lacrosse. So we have a lacrosse net set up. Um, my son plays basketball and my husband will go out and throw the football around with him. Um, and my older daughter plays soccer. So she'll kind of be out there practicing. So usually they're out there for about an hour or so. Um, and then the afternoon's a little more flexible. Um, I usually, all of them are reading um, some type of novel. Um, so they'll have to read for at least a half an hour. Um, and then my little two are also um, taking, they both play the saxophone. Um, so they'll have to practice for at least a half an hour. Um, but that's a little more flexible. Like they might go out for 20 minutes and then come in and then play their sacks and then go back out. Um, and then typically by three, three thirty, um, you know, kind of all formal instruction is done. 
Um, and they are just, you know, they'll be on FaceTime with their friends or, you know, kind of hanging out. Um, and then usually, well, you know, I'll try to start, me and my son have been working out around four o'clock. So at four o'clock, um, my son always joins me. Sometimes the girls join us. Um, and then five o'clock we'll start dinner. So that's kind of the typical schedule that we've been having. That's, that is, I don't know, that sounds like a well-oiled machine to me. <laughs> it wasn't I'm this sure. way in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it's taken this whole time to yeah. get there. And, um, I, you know, I see a lot of posts on social media and, you know, just general articles about how difficult it is to manage homeschooling children while also trying to get your work done because yes. you also work full time, right? So one one post in particular really caught my eye and uh, it probably because it resonated with me, but the message was something like, take your productivity, cut it in half, <laughs> now cut it in half again. And that's probably what you can reasonably expect to accomplish in one day. But, you know, many of us don't have that option. We don't sure. get to all be less productive. And that can be really frustrating at times. So I'm wondering if you might be able to tell our listeners a little bit more about how you manage the demands of your job and still make sure your kids are getting the attention they need and, sure. you know, making their meeting schedules and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some days, I mean, the one thing I would say is having, you know, flexibility. Um, one of the things I learned that early on didn't work because I usually the way I would structure my schedule is, uh, you know, I would have, you know, from eight to 10, I'm going to work on this from 10 to 12, you know, kind of, you know, those type of blocks. Um, and really what I was finding is because my children do the bulk of their work from school from nine to 12, um, they needed the ability to kind of come in. And I was finding it kind of frustrating because, you know, I would just, you know, I would be grading, a, you know, chapter two, so a literature review. And I would have to, you know, stop because, you know, my son needed this page printed out or, um, you know, my daughter wasn't sure how to multiply decimals. And so I'd have to stop. And when I came back to what I was doing, you know, even if it only took 10 minutes or 20 minutes, I was finding myself having to constantly reset. Um, so it was really frustrating. So what I've done now is kind of that early block that I was talking about from like six to eight where they're still in bed. And then in the afternoon where they're kind of, they can definitely, they're playing by themselves. They can do their instruments by themselves. They can read by themselves. I'm taking those blocks of times to do the things that I need to focus on. Um, whereas that nine to 12 block, when I need to be a little more flexible, um, what I'm doing instead is maybe, you know, I'm grading class assignments or things that I can more easily go back into, um, you know, and I'm finding that that kind of works better to manage. And also, you know, so I've kind of changed from this schedule of I'm going to do this at this time to prioritizing, you know, every night, you know, for the next day, I make a list of things that I have to get done. So those are, you know, whether I start, um, you know, if I'm not done with them at five at night, then, you know, I'm going to be working and, you know, we're going to have to you know, like pull an audible and do something different for dinner or whatever, because I need to get those things that are priorities done. Um, and then the rest, you know, I'll kind of see how flexible I can be with that. Yeah, that sounds interesting to, you know, to be able to change your or to reprioritize um, the things that are important for you. So you're not constantly having to reset and get back into the game, you know, once you've stopped to 
to help someone with their decimals and things like that. And which actually brings me to another question. I'm wondering, um, I, I see a lot from, uh, you know, notes from teachers and stuff on social media about how our most important job now as parents is preserving the psychological well-being of our children. And, you know, they'll catch the kids up next year in the classroom. And I wonder for parents at home who really aren't teachers, um, are, you know, are you modifying the curriculum at all? And how do you feel about that decision to modify it or stick to it? You know, I'll be the first to admit I'm really loosely following the guidelines over here, but I feel like I have that freedom because my child is four. So I wonder about older kids, um, you know, have your kids teachers discussed with you the implications of following or not the curriculum? Yeah, I mean, so basically for us, I mean, everything at this point is, it, you know, nothing is required, um, you know, so, but, you know, in my household, it is required. Um, so I kind of take it as, you know, anything that the teachers supply, um, we are absolutely doing. Um, fortunately, all three of my kids have programs um, such as um, Math 24, which Math 24, it's kind of this continuous learning. Um, so you basically, you know, answer these questions and then they get more difficult. Um, and it's totally suited for their individual, you know, level. Um, so one of the things that I'll do is, you know, like my son's math teacher, she wants them to get 20 points a day. Um, well, I'll say to him, if he has no other math assignments, that he's going to get 50 points that day. Um, so that way we're using, I really like using the resources that the school provides because they're not just age specific, but they're really geared towards, you know, where my children are at their learning, um, which I find because I, you know, I make my children have, you know, a curriculum over the summer. And I find it much more difficult because, you know, I will put together workbooks and get pages and, you know, I'll find things where my daughter will say, well, you know, I didn't learn that. And, you know, so it's kind of a struggle because it may be on her age level, but um, it's not unique to what she, you know, specifically, you know, it might not be something that she specifically knows. Um, so I definitely enhance, you know, a lot of times their teachers are giving, um, they're giving assignments and then they're saying, okay, these are optional things. Well, in my house, they're not optional. You're going to do those um, additional things. The other things that I do is, um, you know, the instrument that both of my younger two, at least a half an hour a day, have to, you know, study their instrument and learn the notes and work on, you know, work on the notes. Um, and they also have to be reading a novel um, at all times. So just reading a couple of chapters and kind of then they'll come to me and tell me where, you know, where they are in the book. Um, so those are kind of the only enhancements that I'm doing at this time. That's really interesting, especially, um, you know, in, in this time where I think a lot of parents are relaxing the, um, the requirements for their kids because, you know, you have to be so productive at work and, and manage your own schedule. So I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, and if you have any particular resources that you'd like to share, we can actually link them with our podcast. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So I, I, since we kind of started segueing into to talking a bit about you and how, how you're doing things, how do you practice self-care in the midst of all this madness? I mean, what do you do? You know, you talked a little bit about switching your schedule 
around during the day so that you don't have to reset so many times. But, um, you know, what else can you, can you offer a parent who's working from home and, and trying to make it all successful? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned early is really trying to have that flexibility. Um, You know, I know it can be difficult, you know, sometimes um, it doesn't even work. Like when the first week that we started um, homeschooling, um, so that my children had two weeks where um, they didn't have instruction. So I had kind of put together some things. And then that third week, it started to come through the school. So my daughter has a Zoom meeting scheduled, my youngest daughter, she has a Zoom meeting scheduled. And it happened to be at the same time that I had a Zoom meeting, a very important meeting in which I was presenting part of the time. So, you know, I got, I, you know, downloaded Zoom on my iPad for her. I had the link up. I said, all you have to do is click and you are good to go. So I went into my office. So (laughs) I get on my call and less than five minutes later, she comes in and she's red faced and she's crying and the tears are flowing. She can't get on. So I'm trying the Zoom link and it's just not, it's not working So now I'm trying to be on my call, also go into my email to check to see are any moms posting about what's going on. So sure enough, you know, because now her teacher is brand new at this also, he had posted the incorrect link to the email, but he posted the correct link to Google Classroom. So now we're trying to get into Google Classroom and, you know, all the time, you know, while I'm still trying to do my call, um, and I found it really, really stressful and frustrating. And probably by about 10 after she got in, you know, the tears stopped. Um, I was able to kind of, you know, move away from her room and pay attention to my call. Um, and after that, I really, you know, I really struggled with, well, you know, how could I do this better? You know, like, because I kind of felt like, all right, I dropped the ball. Like, I, you know, I tried to have everything set up and it, it just didn't work out. Um, and I really didn't know because, you know, on one hand I could have told her because it really wasn't a mandatory meeting. It was just kind of a meeting for her teacher to kind of set the tone of, you know, we're going to, you know, try these assignments and that kind of thing. I said, but, you know, I thought to myself, like, this is her focus. And I, you know, my children, I've been fortunate. They're all, all very conscientious when it comes to school. And, you know, I needed to show her that, you know, her work is as much of a priority as my work. Um, You know, so, and, you know, in the, in the weeks since those type of things really haven't happened, you know, because, you know, whereas her teacher is learning and we were learning and she's learning, like now she pops onto Zoom all by herself. And, you know, so I definitely think having flexibility um, and being able to change things. Um, also, I've noticed, you know, by kind of adjusting my schedule in the morning, um, I take a little bit of time to myself, you know, to kind of center myself and, um, you know, just to kind of prepare for what I need to get done. Um, you know, and the other thing I do, you know, I worked out consistently before, um, but my son's been working out with me. So, you know, we'll probably work out, you know, we work out around four and then we're taking like family walks at night. 
Um, so, you know, I would definitely, I, I would say focus on those things to kind of, or at least I focus on those things, um, you know, to kind of, as a kind of a self-care practice. That's a really great story. And I'm sure that is going to resonate with so many people. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, we are for my daughter, she does circle time and crafts mm. once a week. And, uh, you know, I was much in the same boat as you. And um, I often, you know, as, as the weeks go by, I think we're getting better at it. But, you know, I often wonder, what can I do differently? What can I do better? Is it okay to have her in one room on her computer while I'm in another room on a different computer? And um, so I think this is, this is really great and very helpful. Um, do you have any parting words for our listeners? You know, what other advice might you have for parents who are homeschooling while working virtually? Are there any, you know, little tips or tricks like where to position your children or, you know, how far away to get from them if you have an important meeting? Yeah. I mean, so one of the things is, you know, that we've started doing too, because one of the other issues, um, which, you know, we kind of didn't anticipate, I guess, when all this started, is that um, the more of us that are on and the more devices that we're on, um, the slower the internet can be. Um, So we were finding that, you know, if my husband had a Zoom meeting and I had a Zoom meeting, our connections were kind of spotty because, you know, we had all of our kids on, you know, devices and they're all uploading things. And, you know, so um, one of the things that we've started to do at dinner is we'll have a conversation about what we have going on the next day. So it's kind of if somebody has, you know, like a podcast or a Zoom meeting, um, that takes priority. And then, you know, everybody else in the house will either, you know, download something um, beforehand. So they're not doing it. You know, they're not there's no going on Netflix. There's no um, being on a video game. Um, So one of the things like we've kind of communicated to each other um, you know, kind of what we have going on. Um, and that way it's kind of equal priority of, you know, like my son will have, um, he's got to go on zoom meetings throughout the day, but some of his teachers have multiple times. So you can either go on at 10, two or six. So, you know, if I had a call at two, he'll say, all right, well, I'll go on the six o'clock one. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely, I think, you know, communication is part of it. I also think, you know, one of the things that I've been working on too is really, um, you know, a lot of emphasis on my children's mental health. Um, you know, I think sometimes as adults, it's, you know, we kind of see the scope of what's going on. And, um, you know, I always try to remember how, it's impacting them and to be sensitive to that too. Like the other night I was watching TV with my, my little one and I saw that um, her school had posted this video of like all the teachers, like, you know, saying hi and we miss you. And um, so she's laughing and giggling and, you know, it's just so happy to see it. And, you know, at the end of the video, like her, just her face got sad and she was like, I just, I miss everyone. And I was like, I get it. I, I totally get it. And she was like, I'm not going to be able to go to the zoo this year with my, you know, with my school friends. And this was going to be her first year with having a saxophone concert, you know. So I talked to her a lot about 
it's okay to be sad, you know, that I think everybody, you know, whether it's, you know, my freshman in high school who's mourning, you know, not getting to spend, you know, only getting to spend half of her first year of high school, you know, and, you know, my middle schooler is missing all of his friends and all his sports, you know, to kind of to really take time to, um, you know, kind of let them be sad a little bit. And also, you know, I point out, I try to point out, you know, the good things that, you know, we've been able to kind of pull out from this, um, you know, but kind of allowing them like, yeah, it stinks, you know, and, you know, I'm sorry. And I, I feel bad, you know, that you're not going to be able to experience that, um, you know, but kind of reassuring them that, you know, this is only going to be temporary and that, um, you know, we will be back to normal. I think that's really fantastic advice and great things to consider. Dr. Biddle, thank you so much for joining us today in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We truly appreciate your insights and we know our listeners will benefit from your experience. Thanks so much for having me.